0: Welcome back to season two of the Suburban Motivation Podcast. Join me, Brad, each week as my guests and I share incredible and powerful sobriety stories. We are here to show sobriety is possible, one story at a time. Let's go. Nate Thompson started playing hockey as a young boy with the dream of making it to the NHL. And Nate did exactly that. Nate had his first drink of alcohol at 12 years old and things progressed from there. When he left the family home to start his junior career, he was drinking much more. Work hard, play hard. Nate's addiction to alcohol would progress to affect many areas of his life, and Nate struggled to feel comfortable in his own skin. Nate found hope from others that were living a sober life. Nate got out of his own way and asked for help. This is Nate Thompson's story on the Sober Motivation Podcast. If you could use some extra support on your journey, no matter where you're at, starting out, 30 days in, 100 days or two years, check out the Sober Buddy app. Inside of the app, there is a thriving community of other people that are willing to help. We also have 10 live support groups per week where we get together and we talk about what's going on and also the topic of the week. These groups have been incredibly powerful and the feedback has been phenomenal From what people are experiencing. So, if you could use some extra support, be sure to check out yoursoberbuddy.com or download the app in your favorite app store, search Your Sober Buddy, and I hope to see you over there soon. How's it going, everyone? Brad here. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your support with the podcast. We're early on with this, but we're already making an impact. So, thank you. Together, we can really make a big difference. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for your messages. And thank you for letting the people know who shared their story on this podcast that you appreciate them and the support. You show them is incredible. Keep it up. Now let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Sober Motivation podcast. Today, we've got Nate Thompson with us. Incredible story. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. I'm well cold up here in Canada, but I am well. So we usually start the podcast off with just giving us a little background what it was like for you growing up.
1: Yeah, so I, you know I'm originally from Anchorage, Alaska. Born and raised there. Uh, my mom and dad are actually still both up there. Yeah, you know both my parents were uh, in the medical in the medical field. My dad was a doctor. My mom's a nurse. Um, I, I have a younger sister. She's uh, about 22 months younger than me. And growing up. Back home was, it was a good place to grow up in Anchorage. You know, it was uh, very family oriented. Um, You know, I was super into sports. You know, I obviously started playing hockey when I was super young, about three or four years old. And, uh, you know, I think I was just full, as soon as I got into hockey when I was young, I was just kind of full on, you know, I was was just immersed myself into it. And that's all I wanted to do. Since this is a sober podcast, I'll get into a little bit of the when things started to go awry, I guess, so fast forward, Um, you know, my parents split up when I was probably about 11, 12 years old. It, it put me in a tailspin. You know, it was one of those things where I was at an age where I was very impressionable. Um, I think also too, I was kind of almost playing the protector for my sister. So I was kind of taking the brunt of, you know, the divorce, as you could say, you know, with, with parents arguing and, you know, things going back and forth and being put in the middle of it. And, and it was just a stressful time for a kid that's, you know, 12 years old. Uh, and it was a tough age to deal with that. And I think for me, uh, being so into hockey and, you know, I was as people know in, in any, not just hockey, but uh, any sport, the culture is, you know, you, you party, you know, that's, that's kind of the culture, you know, you work hard, you play harder. And uh, when I was about I was 12, 13 years old, I um uh, I had my first drink I had my first drink about 12 13 I didn't just have my first drink I actually just you know I got drunk and um you know from then on it was kind of like oh wow I, I can I can mask how I'm feeling with with this substance and you know it wasn't like I was drinking or I was you know doing doing that all the time after after that age but it was I, I guess you could say you fast forward to to high school and you know, you get introduced to, to marijuana and and you start doing that. And and then I continue to drink. And then I, you know, uh, I get to the age where I'm about 16, 17 and I, I leave, I leave home. I leave Alaska. I go play junior, uh, the Western hockey league for the Seattle Thunderbirds. And, you know, that kind of was what really opened the door to it, where it really kind of just took off at that time. Like I said, it's a while ago and, and, you know, people weren't really talking about their feelings, or if they're having um, a tough time at home, or they're stressed out, or they're anxious, or they're depressed. You know, that this just wasn't talked about, and and especially in, in sports, especially in hockey, at that time, mm. it was just be a tough guy, and you know, you don't talk about your feelings, and you and when when we drink, you better drink, and that was kind of all I knew. And you know, I enjoyed it, and it definitely did help me forget about all the things that were going on inside me. And I guess I could, you know, keep going. And you know, I turned 18, I, I was drafted when I was 18, in the NHL to Boston, and I turned pro when I was 20. And it just, you know, things just, I guess, I guess, I guess I could say as I got older, things just kind of like escalated just a little bit more every year, a little bit, Mm -hmm. as I got more responsibility, as I got a little maybe maybe a little bit more, more money in my pocket, you know, I was introduced to this lifestyle that was a hard, fast paced lifestyle. And that's kind of what I was accustomed to. I think because of that, because of me starting so young and, you know, and I was always a kid too that I think from from a very young age that um, I was never I was never comfortable in my own skin. You know, I, I never felt like I was good enough, I guess you could say and I, and I think I had to I had to drink or use to, to make that go away to get like that courage, you know, to do anything with anybody. And so, uh, you know, fast forward when I went when I turned pro, and you know, I'm in the minor leagues, and I'm, and I'm, you know, doing my thing, and you know, like I said, it's 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 a way of life. You know, you, you do what you have to do um, for the job part of it. You show up, you you know, you be a pro, and when you leave, you know, I guess what you can do whatever you want. And what I did was I partied a lot, you know, as I moved up in the ranks and made the NHL. I guess, like I always say, it really just kind of took off even more from there because you know now I'm making more money. Now I'm playing in the, in the you know the National Hockey League, and, I'm, and I have all this these different things kind of at my
0: fingertips. Yeah, it's interesting too because I've ta- done interviews with a few people, and you're like really successful. Things are going really well. So a lot yeah. of other people shared too. They knew there was a problem, but why do something about it? Because I'm at the, I'm on the, I'm on the top of the world right now. So like things are working, things were working in in that sense.
1: Yeah. And and it's funny you say that because to me, when I, when everything was still working on the ice and in my career, I didn't think anything was a problem. Yeah. There were certainly things off the ice that weren't going well whether it was my relationships, whether it was with my parents, whether it was with people, or, I mean, who knows what it was. I definitely did things, but for me, it was like, well, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because, you know, my hockey career is going well. So why will, so why am I going to change anything? And that was, that was my mindset. And it wasn't until, you know, a little further into my NHL career where, you know, I'm getting serious injuries and losing relationships. I'm not, you know, I'm losing a marriage Um, and I'm not getting to see my son at that time. And like all these things started just to escalate like it escalated off the ice where it kind of started to translate a little bit to on the ice where I was, like I said, having major surgeries and being injured. And uh, my performance was definitely, you know, going down and, you know, it it got to the point where you for a for a while it's fun and for a while you know you think it's quote-unquote cool and it gets to a point where people are kind of looking at you like uh you know it's not it's not it's not cool anymore you know you're showing up to different things and and or you're you know drinking in events and you're making a fool out of yourself and that's what i did i'm showing up late for things i'm missing practices um you know, I'm just not doing, I'm not being a functional human, even though, yeah. even though it, even though in my head, I don't think I have a problem. I'm just, you know, whatever. It's just, that's, what's what I'm supposed to be doing. And it wasn't until I had to kind of, you know, go through a really, really tough injury uh, a little bit later into my career and where I kind of had to look myself in the mirror and realize that like, I am not happy. And I am not in a good place. I'm in a dark place right now. And I, I am to the point where I'm just, like, tired. And I'm just, I am i don't want to do this anymore. But but at the same time, like, I don't know how to, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, as you know, it's, uh, it's definitely something that you, I wish I would have learned a long time before that, where you can, you know, you're allowed to ask for help. You know, I, I didn't. I, I thought that was a. I thought that was a crutch to be able to, to, to have to do that to ask for help and. Um,
0: well, especially with especially how. Yeah, I can imagine you're brought up with hockey, right? Tough. You are a tough guy. You know, I mean, physically tough guy, right? Yeah, and other yeah. things as well, I'm sure. So to ask for help for something, is probably seems so far out of reach. You didn't want to be that guy, maybe.
1: No, no, I, I, definitely didn't want to be that guy. I, I almost felt like I was like, um, not giving up. But yeah, I, I guess in a way, kind of like uh, conceding myself, like where I'm, you know, I'm conceding to this, and I'm, and I'm, I, and I'm not able to push through and figure it out myself. You know that that was that was my mindset. Yeah, and I, I think I just, like I said, I got to a point where, you know losing relationships and you know I had a very profound uh conversation with my mom I think right around the time I um made a fool fool myself again at a wedding and you know just I won't get into details but it was a bad situation (laughs) Just put it that way and I got to a point where we were you know I talked to my mom and she said my mom broke down and she just said, Nate, like, you know, I've been waiting for this day and I didn't know if I was going to ever hear, hear about this ever. I, I thought, you, I thought you were going to get to a point where you were going to kill yourself. And she's like, I've known that you were, you were an alcoholic and you had a problem from the time you were 16. She's like, I knew it, you know, and there were things that, and there were red flags in my head that, you know, I cut that, it came up later where she would take me to these drug and alcohol counseling things when I was you know in my late teens and early 20s and you know and to me it was like my, mom, my mom's crazy what is she doing and you know it took it took for her to break down and and you know she knew though she knew it, it, it had to run its course she knew that after all that she tried you know, you can't force someone to ask for help you just can't do it it had to it had to run its course and it did And i think that's where it was really like kind of the turning point in my life when um you know i just broke down i i just i, I think a bit, i think i i think for the first you know however many days that i was uh sober i think i cried almost every single day i think you know for the first at least two months i was crying every single day and it was I remember uh, particularly, I was always, it was always at night in the shower. (laughs) That's where I would always break down and start crying was at night in the shower. I was just tired. I was tired and I had enough and I was just ready to surrender to it.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how it, how it has to take its course. That thing I really, that really sticks out to me because a lot of people do try to intervene throughout Like the journey of addiction, right? Like stop, do this, go to treatment, go to rehab, go to counseling. And then it's like that that journey has to come to a place. And it seems like the things off the ice started to obviously impact your play and your career, which you were able to maybe keep together for the most part for a while. So that's interesting how it all played out. What was it like for you, though? Like, I'm just thinking for me, it was hard for me to literally make my bed. I'm thinking Nate's over here playing on the big stage, going through this, like and like that must have been a very hard struggle in itself because of the anxiety, the hangovers, everything that comes with it. Was there judgment from other people around you? Could you feel it? Did people say something to you?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I had teammates come up to me and had several conversations with me. Girls that I dated, girlfriend at the time parent I mean my parents other family members my sister I mean yeah there were numerous people that 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 brought it to my attention and I honestly don't know how I don't know how I was able to um, still compete and do my job I, I think I was just so conditioned to do it I've been doing it for so long that I was able to function I was able to you know practice hungover. Place, play some games hungover I was just I was able to do it and it and you know as you know everyone's bottom's a little different everyone's everyone's rock bottom's different and and um you know I, I now I'm I'm grateful I'm grateful I I look at it now and I'm, and I'm grateful for all those things that happened because it wasn't for those things. I would be, I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be talking to you about my story and what I went through and what it it was like. And uh, so it it took what it took. And like you said, you know, it has to run its course and it has to, you have, you have to, you have to want to get help and you have to want to be sober, you know, and you have to do it for you. I think that was the biggest thing. I had to do it for me and, you know, there were times and, you know, there were times obviously during, during my, you know, my run where, yeah, I would, t- I would try and take three weeks off. I try and take a month off. I would try and, you know, do that, but I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it because, you know, I had some heat from family members or, you know, uh, different people in my life that were, you know, maybe you should slow down a little bit. Maybe you should, you know, just to take it back. I'm like, okay, I, I, you know, I can do this for, few weeks to a month and then you know that after those three weeks to a month i would take off it was phew, pedal to the metal again and um it was just a constant you know cycle and you know you do the same things over and over and over again with no change you know that's the definite definition of insanity and i think that's the alcoholic that's the alcoholic mind is <laughs> we're a little nuts we're insane you know? <laughs> and it, and it and it took it like i said it took what it took and i had to i had to lose some things you know my my career was at the time when i when i was getting sober my career was uh was on the teeter of you know maybe being done you know i i suffered a uh ruptured Achilles that i was out for a long time and uh it was a dark time and um you know i didn't know if i was going to play hockey again i had no idea but I just, I just wanted to be, I wanted to have peace. I wanted my mind to be, uh, quiet. You know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to feel, I wanted to feel what, um, what I was feeling and and try and and try and process it. You know, all these things that, you know, we get when we get sober, I I wanted those things.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. I was thinking too about what you said there too, but you have to want to do it for yourself it's the truth 110 percent. and i think maybe part of it why it takes us so long to get there is because we've just like for me i just didn't love myself at all or love myself enough to really be willing to put in the work for so long i just hated who i was and like you mentioned before too i was so uncomfortable in my own skin it would just like felt like it was crawling 24 7 and so many other things but it's a it's really interesting it seems like by beating ourselves up, by getting to that bottom, we somehow find a little bit of hope that maybe there's something better out there for us. So I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think like, I think hope. I think that was that was what I need. I needed just a little bit of hope. That's all I needed was just a little bit of hope and something to to grasp onto. And um,
0: where did you find the hope? What did it look like for
1: you? you know, I went to, I went to some meetings and, you know, I, I went that route and I think, you know, I talked to some men there and, um, you know, I, I just got, I just immersed myself into, into that program. And, um, I, I think once I could see all these other men that I was meeting and, um, see what they were going through and, and see the lives they had now. And, them being sober some guys newly sober some guys with years of sobriety and I saw how these guys were living their life and they were doing it sober and I was like wow that's that's possible you can you can have fun and be sober at the same time that's a that's a thing (laughs) you know you can you can go and hang out with your buddies and everyone be sober and enjoy your life and and I think once I saw that and I was and I immersed myself into it and I was around it, I think just by sh- straight osmosis, I was I just kind of picked up on that and it, it gave me it gave me that hope. I think that's what gave me the hope is like, okay, I see other people that I see other people doing this. Um, you know, I'm gonna follow suggestion, I'm gonna follow what they say. Uh and we'll see what happens you know and we'll see what happens and they always say you, know, you take it one day at a time and then and, and to be honest I still I, that's that's my mindset I still try and take it one day at a time because when I get into well, well what am I going to do in this amount you know in, in, in a year or well, I mean I'm going to worry about what's happened a week from now or all those things like my mind goes it's just not healthy for me so that was the biggest thing I learned: is just you know, Nate, get today, be sober today, and we'll worry about tomorrow, the next day. That was a huge, huge turning point for me.
0: Yeah, I like that too. I mean, that's so important: one day at a time, right? Because when we get ahead yeah. of ourselves, then we start it gets squirrely, right? Oh, yeah, Big time. anxious, <laughs> anxious, and and everything. And I'm I'm the same thing, same same idea. Just today, let's just win today. That that's yeah. that's the only that's the only thing. that that I need to do today. So that, that's incredible. So you got sober in October, October, right? What day? October
1: 10th, uh, October 10th, uh, 2016. Yeah.
0: So what happened on that day? Was that when, was that the day after you taught with mom or the day you taught with your mom?
1: No, I probably talked to my mom a few days after that day. I think I was just white knuckling it for, probably i think yeah maybe a few days where i was just in a dark place and i always say this it was one of those things where like i didn't want to die but i didn't really want to live either and i think i just finally reached out to her and kind of just told her listen this is what's going on and and that's when she kind of poured her heart out to me and told me her thoughts and her two cents and what she thought that uh you know that i mentioned before and and then and that was it. That was kind of the start. That was kind of the start of it. Yeah. And she said, Nate, you need to go do this. You know, do you, do you need to go to rehab? Da, 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 da. And um, I was open to it. Um, But I think I was so stubborn at the time that part of me is I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do it this way and see how it works out. And luckily me doing it that way, it worked out. Um, You know, there's nothing wrong with, going to rehab at all for anybody. I, I think it's a great thing. It's just, like I said, everyone's paths a little bit different. My path was the other route.
0: Yeah, no, incredible. And that's a really tough spot to be in too, where you're not sure if you want to go on and you don't really know how to go on with, it, yeah. with life, right? Like you've kind of taken away something. I know it was for me, at least you take away something that really worked so well. And then after a while you find out that it, not only is it not working well anymore, it's causing more problems or it's causing all the problems that you're really trying to deal with and manage in life now are fueled by drinking more and you mm-hmm. know catching everything around us on fire so but that's a really tough spot did you have a big like was your mental health too something you had to work on throughout this whole process?
1: Yeah, absolutely I, you know I was I was seeing someone I was talking to somebody. You know, I had a therapist, I was talking to someone and um, and then I think on top of I think on top of that and going to meetings and ha- and and being around other sober people, I think that really helped me kind of um, <laughs> get my feelings out really like that was that was it. And because I think my mental health, I, you know part of it was obviously my drinking and using. but to be able to, you know, get the things that I've been holding in for so long to be able to get it out. You know, whenever you're able to get something out and put it out there, it obviously you're not holding it in anymore. And I think that's where I would kind of learned like, OK, I need to I need to do this every day. This is like an everyday thing. I need to, you know, whether it's, you know, and it doesn't have to be for me now. It's, it's not even me. Maybe someday it's not even talking about my own feelings. Maybe, maybe I'm just in a weird headspace and just simply calling somebody and asking how they're doing gets me out of myself and inevitably fills me up and makes me feel better. And those are the things that I learned in the beginning that really have kind of helped me, even till now, help my mental health in a big way.
0: Yeah kind of getting out of our own way in a sense. Exactly. And yeah, stepping aside and getting out of our own head and stuff and into, you know, more positive, positive stuff. So what did things look like for you when you, after you got sober?
1: Well, it was, um, it was a long road. Cause I was, I was, I was uh, rehabilitating my Achilles and actually it was kind of a blessing in disguise because as I'm rehabilitating my Achilles, I'm, you know, I'm newly sober and I'm trying to, you know, work a program and at the same time, try and get better. And, you know, as, as I was getting sober and I was, I mean, things, it was, it was no secret, you know, things started to get better. Things started to get better on the ice. Things started to get better in my relationships. You know, everything around me was, you know, there's no more chaos. You know, there was no more, you know, go home and shut the world off. And, um, not deal with anybody and i was able to, uh, to to be honest i always say i was able to be a human being even i, I feel like i'd like turned into a man even at what, like 31 32 years old I, I hadn't become a man yet i was learning how to be a man and i, I think you know it was just for me it, it just it, it changed my life and, and like i said i've always told people it's I, I think it's my yeah i've had a great career and i've you know played hockey for a long time and i've been extremely lucky but in my biggest accomplishment was that
0: did you make a public announcement or anything or was this did, did everybody know or was this something that you just kept to yourself for a while no
1: i i kept it to myself for a while um i, I didn't i didn't come out with my sobriety till i had a year under my belt and i, th- I thought that was important uh to be able to get a year first and I was very hesitant to be open about my sobriety at first, you know. I kind of wanted to be private, but then I kind of realized that, like, man, this thing's bigger than us. You know, if I could use my platform, or maybe, maybe another guy who's playing hockey, maybe someone else on the side, who knows? Maybe a fan. I, I kind of thought to myself, "Wow, if I maybe, you know, maybe if I talk about this, if it helps one person, it's a win." And that's kind of where I was at. Um, you know there was it was one of those things where i just realized you know this is bigger than me and you know, i'm i'm going to be open about it and i think i was i think it was the right choice for me at that time
0: yeah incredible was there anybody you looked up to that had shared a story in any of sports or any of your life that you were like hey if they can maybe do it like maybe i can or what just went solo on this one
1: um i'm trying to think of you know, I've, obviously I've seen different, uh, you know, different sports and athletes, but there was, no, there was never really anything that really stuck out in my head that, uh, you know, where I was like, I, I want to be that. I think I was just more, I was more focused on myself to make sure that, you know, like I said, take one day at a time to, you know, do the things that I've been doing for whatever whatever it was a year. It was working and it was just, you know what, I'm going to be open about this and, um, you know, hopefully I can help someone out in the process.
0: Yeah. Have you helped anyone out in the process?
1: I think so. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've helped quite a few. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. No, I I think so. I think anybody sharing it. I mean, we don't always necessarily know, but I think anybody sharing the story and that's what this whole podcast is about is sharing these stories. And I believe too, when we share our stories that we can be the key that unlocks the possibilities for other people, like to maybe be the hope for other people to say like, you know, if Nate can, can do this and work through this and, you know, being in, being in the spot you were in and in everything, then maybe it's possible for me or for other people. So I I definitely believe you have. Yeah,
1: no, it it is. I mean, for sure. I mean, there was actually an instance where a friend of mine that I used to play with uh, was struggling and we hadn't talked in a long time. and And he heard me on a podcast and we hadn't talked in years and he heard me on a podcast talking about it. And next thing you know, he reach he reaches out to me through social media and, you know, now he's almost three years sober. So like I said, there's, there's a prime example of, you know, just telling your story, being honest, being true to yourself and you never know, maybe you can help someone along the way.
0: Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. You, de- you definitely will. Yeah, and, and, and every every person, too, that you're able to help with your story is just so powerful, you know, because yeah. you're just helping somebody get out of that place that we all once lived, where when you're in it, for the longest time, for me anyway, I never saw a way out. I never envisioned a life, I and you might be able to relate to this, too, but I never knew sober people around me. I knew people yeah. without a problem. But I never knew sober people that were thriving, that were living, that were enjoying life, and that felt joy. But once I experienced that, I was like, like with you, I was like shocked. I was like, oh, this is a thing. Okay, yeah. like, I have to check this out.
1: Yeah, no, that, that was was exact thing with me. I I never had any friends that were, or I never had people surrounded by me that were sober, or that were living a sober life and and thriving. Uh, I had no idea, and until I, you know, experienced that, I was like. I didn't even know people did this, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you were thinking the same thing. I, I didn't even, I was like, this is, like I said, I couldn't believe that these guys could, you know, go to a bar, go to a restaurant, go on, go on a date and not drink and be sober and, you know, have a, have a, have a beautiful life. I, I it just seemed impossible to me, but it is so possible and you can do it. Anybody can do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if someone's listening to this though, and they're struggling to get or stay sober, what advice would you have from your own journey?
1: I think just support yourself. I think the biggest thing is you just, you can't feel like you have to do it by yourself. I think you have to be involved in whatever program you're in that helps you stay sober. Uh, Doesn't matter what it is, but if it works for you, it works. But I, I think for me, I mean, um, you know, I just have a, such a big support system of, of, other, of other people in my life that are sober that I can lean on. And, uh, I think, like I said, I think you have to take it one day at a time because, you know, as you take that one day at a time, it's, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, you have another 365 days, you know, then it's like, all right. And I think just being able to lean on other people that, um, like I said, that are in your life that are sober, Um, I, I think that's that's been a huge key for me, is, is, is being able to, you know, maybe I'm having a bad day, you know, and, and, and I say that to you all the time, you know, just because I'm sober, and I'm sure you can relate, just because I'm sober doesn't mean I'm, like, in a great mood every single day, because that's not the case, like, there are days that are bad, and then I, like, not a good person to be around or i don't want to get out of bed whatever it may be but you know i think being able to stay in those fundamentals where those basics of um you're leading on like i said leaning on people in your life that are sober or having a group of people that uh, a group of friends or a group of other sober people that you talk to or whatever it's your therapist whatever it may be that works for you i think you just have to uh Stick to that, stick to that routine.
0: Yeah, no, that's incredible too. Community connection is definitely huge for me.
1: Yes, yeah. yes, me too.
0: You know, staying connected to people. And and then also like, I really like the part of, of sobriety as well that like when other people are having a bad day, then I can be relied upon because I have my share of bad days, plenty of them. But when other people are struggling too, then I can be hopefully a resource for them. And w- when I was doing the stuff, I was not helpful for anybody. I thought maybe I was, but when I look back, like it was, I was a terrible friend for people. So that's kind of another cool thing is to be present and available to like be supportive to other people.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I think inevitably, like I said, I mean, when someone's calling me or they need help, you know, like after I, I I'm able to talk them through it or help them out or whatever it may be. I instantly, I get off that phone and I'm like, I'm flying. I'm. I feel great. You know. And it's it's no secret. You know. You help someone else out. It's it's definitely going to fill your cup up. So uh, yeah, that's the, that's a that's a huge thing for sure.
0: Yeah, incredible. Where are things at now with with your career? So now I am
1: playing. Uh, I can't believe I'm still playing. I'm 38, but I'm playing with uh the Kings minor league team in Ontario uh, this year. Um, I have a beautiful girlfriend who's um almost eight months pregnant. We're having a baby girl in, in, uh, in April. Um, my son is seven years old now and he lives in Minnesota with his mom, but he's, you know, he, he, he comes here too. He travels here. So, uh, she, my girlfriend has a nine-year-old daughter. So, uh, we kind of have a little bit of a blended family and, and I'm still playing hockey somehow. So, uh, wow. yeah, I mean, life's good, man. I, I, I got no complaints, you know, obviously there's Little things here and there that are you know whatever, but those are first world problems, and I'm able to get through them. So uh, yeah, man, life's good.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Huge congrats too on the. Thank you. Yeah, thank man. you. That, appreciate it. That's going to be that that that's going to be exciting to add to the to the family to the mix, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I, I think I'll get it. You know, I I wasn't I wasn't sober for when my you know my, when my son was born and you know, being able to go through this, this time around, um, being sober, being present, uh, it's almost like I'm getting older the a second chance. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's quite the journey for sure.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. So the million dollar question, so we can place our bets on DraftKings. Who's going to win the cup this year? Cool. Um, I think don't say Boston.
1: I mean, it's hard for me to go against them. I'll
0: pick, I'll pick
1: Boston, and I think Colorado's getting back there again.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: that'd be That'd be a good. Match. Colorado, yeah, I think Boston Colorado will be in the finals.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Speaking of the Kings, though, I'm a huge Carolina fan, and we played uh, played the Kings the other night. A big comeback. That was, that that was a win. big
1: win. Yeah, I watched that yeah. game. That was a hell of a win. It was. Yeah. Yeah. But Carolina Carolina is a real good team. I just think they have to add. Uh, we need to add a couple of things, I think, to really kind of get them over the hump. That's my take, anyways. But
0: so I'll I'll put in a word. we need to add a Nate Thompson in there?
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Would Thanks. that would
0: that put us over? Okay. I'll put uh, it- I
1: don't know. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think I could help. I don't know if I get you over the hump, but I think I can help. Yeah. I mean-
0: <laughs> that's cool. Well, I really appreciate you. I don't know if you had anything else, but I think that's great. I mean, you took us through the journey for you and coming out the other side and really giving back. I I've seen some of your interviews and stuff like really giving back and talking about this openly, because I know it's come out in the last couple of years too. you know, about especially NHL, since we're there about, you know, this stuff is going on and we're not talking about it or people aren't talking about it or feeling comfortable to talk about it as much as they could or they should to, to be able to get the help. So, I mean, I think it's incredible that, you know, you are, I've never been in that position. I've never been in that position, but I can see from the outside, you know, being a fan of the sport, watched every game for the last, I don't know, seven years that Carolina plays and stuff. I can definitely see that it would be really hard, could be a really hard thing to do. So I, I'm like, huge respect from me. I'm just a dude over here doing a podcast, but, but a huge respect and I, I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I know it's, I think, um, I think our society and I think, it, you know, in sports in general, I, I think we're going in the right direction. I, I think these are things that people are being a lot more open about, like you said, in the last few years and, and we're seeing people talk about it. And, um, like I said, I, I think we're, I think we're going in the right direction. And I think, you know, you doing this podcast is a huge part of that. So, um, uh, you know, I appreciate it too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think I think too, and I think the direction is interesting too because it's more, I think at one point it was more viewed as a weakness, as like we're we're weak people. And when I think about it, the life I was living was most people wouldn't survive it, you know, and you probably can relate to yours too. A lot of people couldn't carry a you know, full blown addiction and an NHL career, balance the two for however many years. That is not weak. And I think it's very strong for us to say, like, raise our hand and be like, Hey, I have a problem and I need some help. And there's some things going on and I don't have it all figured out. And I think that that's true strength for humans. And I think that's, it's cool how I, I see the narrative changing with that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I 100% you're spot on with that. I think it's, I think it's the total opposite. I think I always tell people, if you're asking for help, that, that is brave. That takes some, serious guts to be able to do that. I think that's the, that's that's the opposite of weak. So I, I think you're spot on with that for
0: sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been a blast.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Wow, everyone. That was an incredible episode. I hope that you all are going to enjoy it as much as I did. Nate really walked us through what it was like for him and his journey and what it's like for him now and some great takeaways, some great strategies that you could implement into your journey if you're struggling or you just want to strengthen things up a little bit. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and I'll see you on the next episode.